The year was 1892, and a town called Fall River in Massachusetts was bustling with the affluent homes and families. It was not the richest neighborhood in Massachusetts at the time. That title was reserved for the Hills. But it's doubtful anyone assumed any sort of murder could or would occur here. Nevertheless, all of this changed at 11.10 a.m. on August 4th in 1892. The day seemed normal enough, with the home's occupants having breakfast together that morning. It was said right after breakfast they began their routines and planned ventures for the day. But this day was a bit different, because the temperatures were so high. And back in the 1800s, it was common for both men and women to be completely dressed head to toe, no matter what day it is, nor what temperature it was, especially in an affluent town like this. They would have been dressed to impress, but so was that heat. With no air conditioning or plumbing, how did they handle the intense sauna it must have felt like in their home? Although August is known to be the warmest month in many places, and it may seem they would have been fine. However, it was stated time and time again that August 4th, in 1892, it was just unusually hot. Now here's the question. Was it hot enough to kill? Did the heat make someone crazy enough to kill Abby and Andrew Borden? This is Caitlin from GBR Life of Crimes. In this podcast, we discuss women crimes and the psychology behind them. Why did these women commit these crimes? Was it mental illness? Did they do it just for fun? Keep listening because this week is about Lizzie Borden. understand the story, it's important to understand Mr. Andrew Jackson Borden. He was a descendant of a wealthy family, but he struggled financially when he was a young man until he was able to find his own wealth in several business ventures. But Mr. Borden was a frugal man. In a time when the wealth could afford many house servants, running water, electricity, The Borden household was without all of that. Instead, there was just one maid, Miss Bridget Sullivan, an immigrant from Ireland. Mr. Borden didn't want to spend all of his money on luxury, even if the family could live in the richest part of town, the hills. 
because he was worth $8.5 million in today's valuation. And he made his daughters live more modest lives, but not his wife. It's known that Abby was not the biological mother of Lizzie Borden and her older sister, Emma Borden. But not much is known about their biological mother, Sarah Morse Borden. She met and married Mr. Borden, and they had three children together. Emma Borden, who was born in 1851, then Alice in 1856, and shortly died thereafter in 1858, and then Lizzie, Lizzie Andrew Borden, was born in 1860, just two years after the death of her sister. Three years after Lizzie's birth, Sarah Borden perished to uterine congestion and spinal disease. However, there is speculation that her death involved undiagnosed and non-treated bipolar disorder. Either way, Lizzie was only three years old at the time of her mother's death. And two years after that, her father married again to Abby Dufresne Gray. Emma was 14 years old, so her understanding of this marriage was probably a bit better. But a five-year-old isn't going to completely fall in love with a new woman coming into the role of wife and mother. Lizzie wasn't entirely fond of her stepmother. She called her Mrs. Borden. Growing up, Lizzie was a continual active member of her church, the Central Congressional Church and she maintained her religious upbringing into adulthood. She was a Sunday school teacher to recent immigrants and a member of a few Christian women's groups. So she would have honored her father and mother as it was the Christian way. But when her father began giving her stepmother's family homes and money, it's understandable that Lizzie and her sister would be a bit angry at this, especially since they were not offered the same kinds of luxuries. There was said to have been arguments leading all the way up to August 4th, 1892. And a very commonly discussed argument was about pigeons. The religious Borden was keeping pigeons as pets who made their home in the Borden barn. But Mr. Borden wanted them gone, so he killed them. Was religion enough to forgive her father? Arguments and tension had been building in the Borden household for months, and shortly before the well-known murders of Mr. and Mrs. Borden, Lizzie and Emma had been vacationing in New Bedford, even choosing to take an extended vacation before returning home in July. Even upon their return, Lizzie did not stay at her father's home. She instead went to a local rooming house, and Emma was in Fairhaven, town about 15 miles away. But when she did return, the entire household became incredibly ill. Abby Borden thought and stated that she feared they were all poisoned because Mr. Bowden was not a very well-liked man, especially with all of his business ventures. But they all recovered, and on the morning of August 4th in 18. 92, the family was well enough to begin their normal lives again. 
not well liked because of his business dealings, his frugal nature, and favoring his wife, Andrew Borden went about his day like it was going to be a typical day for his family. Although they did have company. Mr. John Morse had come to stay with the Borden family on August 3rd, just one day prior to the murders. And he was there for breakfast because he had just slept in the guest room the night before. He was the girl's uncle from their biological mother's side. But what was he doing there? That morning, Mr. Morse and Mr. Borden had a long conversation. It was said it lasted about an hour after breakfast. But he left at 8.48 a.m. to buy oxen and to visit his niece in Fall River. Mr. Borden himself, well, he left around 9 a.m. for his morning walk. Abby went upstairs to make the bed, Sullivan to clean the windows, and then to take her own little nap, leaving just Lizzie. Mr. Borden did return home around 10.30 a.m., and he was let into his home by Sullivan. But that was because his key didn't work, and the door was jammed. Either way, he decided to take a nap. And Lizzie appeared at this point. She stated herself that she helped her father take off his shoes and put his slippers on so that he could take his nap. Then she went outside to the barn around 10.58 a.m. But in all this time, Abby was already murdered. And around 11 a.m., Mr. Borden shared the same fate. With 11 blows to the head, Abby had been bludgeoned with 17. This podcast is brought to you by Caitlin from GBR Life LLC. If you want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and feel free to find me on social media under GBR Life and feel free to visit my website, gbrlife.com. This podcast is open to any sponsorships. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Back to this week's episode. Abby was said to have been killed between 9 and 10.30 a.m. and Mr. Borden between 11 and 11.10 a.m. At 11.10 a.m., Lizzie called for Sullivan, who was in her room resting after cleaning the windows on the third floor. Lizzie asked for Sullivan to call for the doctor because her father was dead since someone had come in to kill him. But Lizzie did not want Sullivan to go into the room she was in. When the police officers arrived on the scene, they began questioning Lizzie and found her to be strange. She was not as emotional and her story just kept changing, especially about how and when she found him. During the interview with police, she asked Sullivan to fetch her stepmother, who she thought had returned home from visiting a sick friend. Lizzie had stated that Abby had received a note about visiting a sick friend and thought that Abby had gone to see them. The neighbor, who had now found out about the murder, and Miss Sullivan 
went upstairs to get Abby and found her dead as well. That night, another friend of the sisters, Alice Russell, stayed in the home with Lizzie. Sullivan and their uncle, Mr. Morse, also stayed in the home. And the police were outside watching the home. They saw Lizzie and Alice enter the cellar with a kerosene lamp and a slop pail. And while both women went into the room and exited the room, Lizzie returned and she seemed to be bent over the sink. But the officer was unable to say for sure that that's what she was doing. Either way, strange behavior from a woman whose stepmother and father were just killed. Was she trying to clean up the blood? What was Lizzie doing? Father's upset. Did you steal a mirror from the dress shop? The owner said you took a mirror from her store. That's ridiculous. Why do you lie to me, Lizzie? I don't lie to you. You lie to everyone. So what did father do? He paid. Of course. Could we have a moment, please? It was an accident. The mirror must have fallen into the dress box. Don't think you're going to that party tonight. Of course I'm going. Who will be your escort? I am perfectly capable of walking there on my own. I don't need an escort. I will not have you traipsing about Fall River all alone at night. You will not go unaccompanied. Oh, Father, I do love you so. No, no, no. The answer is no. Just two days after the murder, on August 6th, Lizzie was informed that she was officially a suspect of the murders. That day, she was found by Alice tearing up a dress that she was going to burn because she had stated it was ruined by paint. Then on August 8th, Lizzie appeared for an inquest hearing, but she was very anxious, so she was prescribed morphine. And while she was being questioned, she was so erratic that it even changed the minds of her own friends as to whether or not she was innocent. They had previously stood by her side in her innocence until that hearing. And then on August 11th, now a full week after the murders, Lizzie was officially arrested and jailed. While Lizzie was in jail, there was another axe murder in Fall River, but it was solved and said that the murderer was not in Fall Rivers at the time of the Borden murders, unless this was a potential police cover-up. Either way, her trial didn't begin until June 5th, 1893, which was almost a full year after the murders, and Lizzie had been in jail the entire time until this trial, and the trial itself only lasted 15 days, ending on June 20th, 1893. And Lizzie was acquitted. Wondering why? Well, the evidence. 
It was completely circumstantial. The police even admitted to doing a sloppy job when they were investigating and doing the search of the Borden house after the murders. The murder weapon was never officially found, even though there was one axe that seemed to fit, as it did have a missing hatchet head, it was never actually made to be the official murder weapon. And that dress, well, it was burned. So nobody knows if there was any blood on it. The police did not search Lizzie or anyone else in the home on the day of the murder for blood. And there was no bloody clothing found at the home. Also, the neighbors had testified that Lizzie was seen outside coming from the barn and going into the home at 11.03. However, it wasn't until 11.10 that she had called for Sullivan. So where was the proof? Lizzie may have been acquitted for the murders, but she was and still is the prime suspect of the murders. Even in the town that she lived in and decided not to move from, the people treated her like she was the murderer of her parents. And Sullivan, well, on her deathbed, decided to finally come clean and say, she changed her testimony to protect Lizzie during the trial. So Sullivan likely knew or saw something that wasn't said during any of the investigation. And there's been plenty of speculation as to why Lizzie killed her parents. Was it incest? Was it greed? There's just so many theories even about why her story kept changing. But there is one thing we know for certain that we will never know because everyone who was involved is long gone. Lizzie Borden was thought to have possibly shared in her mother's mental illness of bipolar disorder, but she was never diagnosed with this. And while many stated Lizzie behaved oddly during the entire investigation, no one was checking for mental health. So today, there is no true profiling of Lizzie because of the fact that she was acquitted and most of the evidence was circumstantial. So even those who spoke to her reasonings of killing and creating a profile are doing so based off of speculation and circumstantial evidence. Lizzie Borden was one of the most interesting unsolved murders, and it was the first time a woman was charged for such a heinous crime. Do you think Lizzie killed her parents? And if you do, why? Was it incest? Was it greed? Did she just really hate her stepmother? There's also the speculation that Lizzie was a lesbian and was caught. Will we ever know? Probably not. 
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. This was Caitlin from GBR Life. I hope you tune in again next week for Christine Gilbert, Killer Nurse, Your Worst Medical Nightmare. Talk soon.